Hi, Jenny. Hi, Shane. Good to see you. How are you doing? Okay, how are you? Yeah, okay. I've just been eating some chili, so I'm very warm actually. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, it's a rare thing in Ireland in the winter to be too warm. Right. <laughs> I had a, a sandwich that had a lot of hot stuff in it. And um, so I'm kind of <laughs> in the same way. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> How are your family doing? Well, it's it's been fairly quiet this week, um, which is good. Yeah, it's been quiet. Mm. Um, they did, um, when all this happened uh, with, with the cancer, um, first they thought it originated in the brain and then they realized that um, it had really originated a long time before that with um, something that Jerry had removed from his arm and it was um, they did a biopsy and uh, they said it was <sighs> basal cell but it wasn't. It was melanoma. And they made a mistake. Oh, okay. So um, that's grounds for a lawsuit. Mm. And, um, and it really, I mean, if they had, well, I don't know. They, if they hadn't misdiagnosed it, they would have take an extra care in order to, to make sure it had clean margins and things like that, mm. which they didn't do. So it's possible, you know, it's likely that that's where it really originated. So, mm -hmm. so that was upsetting. Did you just find that out this week, or? Yeah, this week. Oh, okay. No, they had, um, the doctors had determined that, that they needed, they needed um, to go through a procedure to, to discover whether that's actually what happened, and it was, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's tough. Mm. Well, shall we say a prayer name? We can include that in our prayer. Be nice, yeah. Yeah. Jerry and is it Dawn? Dawn. Dawn. And okay. Daniel and Michael are my grandsons. Daniel and Michael. Okay, let's pray. 
take this breath of love and gratitude. I'm so grateful to be the two that are gathered and all that will join us. And I'm so grateful to connect to love, to connect to our true nature, to connect to the eternal source of life. And to know that all is well. So grateful for this time together to share, to open our hearts, to feel. And to heal. We lift up these family, Dawn and Jerry, Michael and Daniel. We hold them in the light of your love knowing that they're protected, they're uplifted, they're loved, they're safe, and that the highest and best is unfolding right now for everyone. We're so grateful to trust in your love, to trust in the presence of God, to trust that all things are carefully planned and gently planned by the one whose only purpose is good. We're so grateful to let the truth into our hearts, to accept it, to allow it to be, to share the benefits with everyone. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Hi, Kevin. Is that Kevin? Thank yeah. you, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, how are you doing, Sue? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. <sighs> so nice to see everyone today. Yeah, yeah you too. Mm-hmm. So how's everybody doing? Doing okay. Doing okay? Yeah. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, you know, Saturdays are kind of crazy. It's my day off, so I'm like running around. So just kind of got in just now. Sorry, I'm running a little bit late. It's really mm-hmm. snowy here in Chicago. So it's like we're expecting like another, uh, I think, 10 inches tonight. So. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we just thought, okay. That sounds like <laughs> Well, you're used to it, Sue. We're not, yeah. We don't get it you get, so it's kind of crazy. Don't you get lake effect snow? Um, not where I am. I'm a little, I'm 30 miles west of Chicago, so I oh. kind of avoid that. Um, so we, our winters are just not too bad, um, typically, but this year's been a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. We had snow all day yesterday. Yeah. But it it didn't amount to that much. We live right between the two lakes. Okay. Lake, Lake Ontario. And we're farther enough away from both of them that we don't usually get a lot of lake effect snow. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. We got a little snow here. It's kind of 
uh, a rare thing. So on Monday, I looked out the window and there was some snow in our car. And it's like this kind of childhood excitement of the snow in the car. And we're just at the bottom of our version of mountains, okay, which are probably more like, I call call them bumps in the landscape in comparison to America because they're just so small. But um, it just, it means that there's snow up the mountains. So I went up there and yeah, it just does something for the soul, I think, to so pure and white and mm. amazing. I just find it amazing the way the snow falls in between like the trees and there's just this little line the whole way down the bottom mm-hmm. of the trunk. It just looks like perfect. It couldn't. Mm-hmm. It is quite beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Makes everything so clean. It does. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. We're doing some construction on the house. And so when the snow melts and you look out there, it looks like a junkyard. But now with the snow, everything looks so pretty. (laughs) 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 I know years ago I went to uh, Egypt um, with a, it was a tour and, um, Everything was so dusty. They don't have much rain there at all. And so, you know, we're so so fortunate, really, to have the amount of rain that we do. And it, it just cleans everything so beautifully. It does. I love the seasons because the seasons just, to me, are just so much like they parallel life, you know. Mm. When I go through the seasons, I'm always thinking about that stage of life that I'm in and the season that I'm in. And it's, it's just so interesting. And it's just so great to see that no matter where you are, everything just gets renewed and goes through the process every single year. And I, I love the metaphysical just kind of parallels to the seasons in life. Mm-hmm. Beautiful to me. Yeah. yeah, me too. I've been feeling that with them. I feel like this at the moment I'm, I am parallel in the sense of like I've been hibernating mm-hmm. in winter just being inside and not mm-hmm. really seeing a lot of people just been a really inward kind of few months yeah and now that it's kind of February that's getting a little lighter here in the evenings it's, it's usually pretty dark about five it has been dark you know early and mm-hmm. um, so it's starting to get a little bit lighter and yeah the idea of um all the seeds that have been germinate are kind of germinating under the surface now. Mm-hmm. And there's a few leaves on the trees starting, which it is early. I think, I think it's getting earlier each mm-hmm. year. And, mm-hmm. But I can feel a little anticipation or excitement for what's coming from mm-hmm. those months of just, yeah, I don't even know what to describe them as darkness it is and it's just and like you said it's the reflection that we have during that time mm-hmm. um, and then with that reflection comes that germination and kind of to me it's like what we've reflected upon and what we've created in our processes during the winter time gets germinated in the in the spring and then it starts to take root and then in the summer it kind of blossoms and that's kind of where we are and we're all happy and all those lessons that we learn in the winter time are coming to fruition and we just start the cycle all over again it's kind of fun mm. go that way so have you all had any um, great ahas or any interesting 
um, experiences this last week that have brought you anywhere? Yeah, I was sharing with Roslyn my email just after her sharing her in her call on Wednesday that um, well, I shared a little bit on the call just that you know I had a friend who passed away when I was I was a kid I was a teenager and he was five so he was really young and um, he was kind of one of those people who was his life really impacted mine because he I could pour my love into him in a really safe way I guess kids are kind of like that but maybe because he was ill he had a real spiritual side to him too and um yeah so I I loved him really deeply and he he just threw that right back at me or as in he just gave it all back like tenfold and uh yeah so I was just realizing that when she said that you know the people who pass on are within us I've kind of known that but maybe there's a lot of there's a lot of pain I guess um that was still blocking my being able to let that that love's still there basically still within me it's not being cut off it hasn't been lost and now that I'm in this phase of of learning to love myself I realize that um, um, his presence within me can really help me to love my inner child that's pretty wounded to, yeah, you know, I, I can love myself the way that he loved me, I guess. And also, you know, because, because he was ill, I would have treated him very gently, you know, he wasn't able to be kind of thrown well he was able to be thrown around and have fun in that way but you know there is a gentleness um that he brought out of me I suppose that I and a tenderness that I um can remember to show to myself um so that's been really healing a lot of a lot of things mm-hmm yeah and shame I had a lot of shame around you know I I couldn't tolerate when he died I couldn't the day that he died I I ran out of the house because I just couldn't tolerate seeing him like that so I always felt kind of guilty and ashamed I wasn't able to stay but I think it's a big ask of a 16 year old to on their own to um with no real preparation or support to kind of stay with the child who's dying and he just didn't look he looked really um agitated so yeah I guess I've been letting a lot of that go because I know he doesn't it doesn't matter to him and he knows he would have known that all the good you know I don't think he holds it against me so why would I hold it against myself Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's a beautiful realization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I had a dream as I was waking up 
this morning. And in the dream, I was resuscitating a child. Oh, interesting. Who was dying. And, um, and when I got awake enough to, to realize <laughs> this was a dream, um, I realized that what I needed to do was to breathe life into my own inner child. Mm-hmm. That's the child that needs resuscitating. Mm-hmm. Is my own inner child. Right. That's beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lately I've been spending a lot of time doing a lot of past life you know, review with um, childhood. And it's more seeing how far I've come, but also, and more importantly, what the thought, the belief systems that I created as a child that have created who I am and have tainted the lens for which I see things through. Mm. And when I was a child, a young child, younger than seven, I was an extremely just happy person and just I'm just a naturally person full of tons of love just as a kid. I just loved everyone and I just hugged everyone. And I was just, people were just naturally drawn to me as a child. But then I, I, I come to the realization around the age of 10 is when things started to change in my mind. And I've been spending a lot of time lately trying to come back to that seven to 10 year old state of mind where I have that wonderment and the passion for doing things that I do and everything that I do to look at it as if I've never seen it before. Because when I found for myself through life and the lenses that we put on things that filter the, the reality that we see is that it get, you get tainted and it just, and that, and that lens gets kind of thicker and more, dingy and more spun uh, smeared as far as you can't see through it clearly as you get older and so these multiple layers just kind of keep getting added on to that lens and and before you know it you don't have passion and excitement and wonderment and thrill and I found I got myself to that point to where nothing just everything just seemed like routine so recently I've been really working hard on seeing things as a child and trying to look at things with more wonderment and more excitement and more thrill. Things aren't just mundane and the same every day. Everything is different and there is something to look forward to. And I have to be so grateful and thankful for all my ancestors and everybody that have come before me and have taught me and the people that have passed. You know, one of the things I brought up is, um, one of the regrets when Jennifer brought up the list of um, things that uh, still come to mind on a daily basis is that bring us down in the regret category was my regret was not spending more time with my, my grandmother, even though I spent a lot of time with her, I just feel like I could spend more time with her before she passed. And I um, was brought to my attention is that 
we can still communicate with her right mm -hmm. now. And it's still the same. Nothing's really different. Mm -hmm. Communicate and say, hey, I'm still there with you. And I'm so grateful you're with me and everything you taught me. So that really kind of helped me change kind of my thought patterns when it comes to just everything you look at is that everything, you know, we put the timelines on everything. And, you know, time is irrelevant. We're timeless beings of perfection. So we just need to just continue doing what we're doing and speak with whoever is not necessarily here in our illusion and find peace in that. It's interesting. My daughter, <clears throat> my younger daughter, said to me one time, um, "I want to, I want to be able to communicate with you." Well, we were talking about dying, and and she said, "I I want to be able to communicate with you after you've left." And she said. Do you think that's possible? And I said, yes, I do think it's possible. And um, and I um, connected with a woman who um, is a medium, and she teaches people to do that. And so we went to, she had a class just for us, and then she opened it up to other people. Um, because we asked for it. And it was amazing. We, you know, people came and, and we were sitting in a circle and, um, people were kind of, I think, expecting something sad to happen or trying to recuperate from something that was sad that happened. Um, and there was a woman and she had two daughters and they, um, the, the woman's son and the girl's brother had passed on. And um, they were very sad and they were weeping. And um, so the lady that did the class led a meditation. And then we divided it up into small groups, groups of three. And... Um, and she said, just open yourself to this person, you know, the, the person that everybody was focusing on in the group. And um, just trust, just trust that you really are making a connection with that person. And, uh, and it was just amazing. We did. We could, you know, the, the, I was in the circle with uh, the mother and one of the daughters and, and I said, grilling comes to mind. Oh, he loved to grill, he said. He really loved that. And, um, and I'm, I'm saying, um, jazz music. Oh, he loved jazz music. <laughs> and, it, and it was just amazing how if you just relax and open yourself, you can really make that connection. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was really, it was really beautiful. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
your story kind of reminds me of Testimony of Light. Right, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I had just finished that book when Heather asked me about that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And uh, I recommended that she read the book. I don't know if she did, but but it was it was a great thing. You know, it was really wonderful. Yeah, it strikes me how um how much trust is. It's so central, isn't it? And today the the workbook lesson was um. Mm-hmm. God is forever I go. Um, you know, actually the practice was to just sit and kind of go beyond in yourself, go inward, but go beyond all the noise of the world. And then, yeah, I found myself kind of just fascinated by that. Maybe I wasn't ever in the space that I'm in now where I feel like, oh, that's, that's possible for me. Mm-hmm. My mind, my mind still, you know, like a monkey just goes, blah, 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 you know, but, um, yeah, maybe there's a knowing, a trust that it's, it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kevin, when, when you were talking about how you were as a child, I've been reading a book, um, it's really about the Bible. And um, he, was say, he was saying that when we come in as babies, we know that we, we understand, we know that we're unified with everybody. Mm-hmm. Because we come from our mother where there's complete oneness. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the line, you know, between seven and and ten or so, um, we just completely lose that sense of unification. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hmm. The world just kind of swallows us up (laughs) with all the expectations and... um, beliefs and um, moral uh, requirements and um, and and that's gone you know it's it's like it's 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 gone and so we're just kind of It's that feeling of separation that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always wondered, um, you know, there's a, um, a center out in California. It's called Ananda um, Center. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's, it's like a, a giant community of um, spiritually minded people that live in a community that is enclosed with their own grocery store, their own banking system, their own university, and everything's there. And quiet zones, you know, it's just all just, it's almost made like a utopia, you know, to some extent. But 
people go there and, and have families and they raise their children in this community. And, and, it, may, and it makes me wonder if there wasn't a, if there was a community that was like that, um, just, you know, just say Course of Miracles minded and you grew up in that community. I wonder how, to what extent that would change all that to grow up, you know, not having any idea what separation is from the day you were born. I mean, it's there, of course, but to be taught that principle so that the lens is cl as clear as it could be from the minute you were born. Could, so, could we adjust to life in the bigger world? <laughs> we, we can, I, and I, of course. I, mean, I think that's part of the, the training that we have to go through to, to get to that point. Um, but I don't know how realistic it is not being in a community of all like-minded people because when you're a young child and you're impressionable and you go to a school system that you have those bullies and whatnot that can change that, that thought pattern very easily because you're so impressionable as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, it probably takes you to your a good 21 to 25 before all of your belief systems are concrete. <clears throat> your brain isn't done developing until 25, so pretty impressionable all the way up to that point. I know it's, it's, all, it's impossible to shelter someone from everything, but it just makes me wonder if you just like from the get-go, if you had some sort of direction of some sort where you're not getting slammed with all, <laughs> all the crap that's around you all the time, you know? I um I watched this movie that I'd never seen before. It's from the nineteen it's nineteen eighty and I love I just love old movies, they're fascinating. And um that was before I was born. So it's based in Botswana and it's called The Gods Must Be Crazy. And mm -hmm. it's it starts with a bushman. It's Bushman of the Kalahari. So they're really um isolated. And the story is is kind of contrast that you know their life with kind of civilization in like the city and it looks at you know that from the lens from the lens of the bushman what the city must be like or and it's just it's fascinating because they don't they don't ha have time they just grow up they live off the land and and they live in community with each other it seems quite harmonious and obviously it's a movie so but just the idea of it and a, a Coke bottle drops out of the sky one day out of a plane. And then they start to fight because never before has something as hard as glass been available. And it creates this kind of disharmony and competition and where it had been cooperation. And, and the kids like that are just like they, they only, they're never reprimanded or, um, they just play these really innocent games. And so it's kind of the story of how the Coke bottle takes over and, and so he goes one of the elders goes to throw it off the edge of the earth because it's brought so much pain to the community and I just thought like how fascinating because having grown up in the western world I've been taught from a very young age what success is and I'm thinking but it's so ignorant to think that we know what success is then when someone could be born into as a Kalahari Bushman and what makes that person any less successful than you know it's just interesting and they have nothing they have no possessions they just 
don't know if like um material don't have a clue what money is um yeah and they just think everything is useful and everything is you know snakes can be are useful they don't see poison as bad and da 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 is good and no disease really um and just so much beautiful just the way they depict the relationships but it's just really i just find it really um maybe it reminded me of what was truly important at a time where i was really disorientated and and disillusioned mm-hmm. mm. well that's exactly it that's why i was yeah it's a, a culture that doesn't hasn't had the introduction to all the the contrast i guess you know and all of the things that distract us from the truth mm. that's beautiful mm. Yeah, I feel like I'm like I really don't know what's happening in my life <laughs> and that's so it's really strange like like that that this world that was taught to me as being the way to go I just know it isn't that's all I know really mm-hmm. and so now I'm just all in to trust but it's very strange I feel like I'm just waiting mhm yeah no idea how it's going to unfold don't have a job my husband's moving to america don't have to live here finish my i finish my psychotherapy course in may yeah i'm quite willing to let god choose for me i just don't know so i'm never Mm-hmm. being in a place like this before mm. is it feel peaceful or upsetting or what what you're feeling about it um at the beginning it was terrifying and the more i sort of settled into it um like not having a job is just really strange and not doing my cat not having to do so my focus of my day is really just my practicing on you know with my spiritual practices and um yeah having space and just time to heal so i guess i feel peaceful at those times it's only when i start to think about the details that i freak out um so i do get gripped into fear every so often but then when i let go again it's peaceful like this waiting i know it's a gift i know it's a huge gift and it's just i don't it just keeps going on i just keep going day after day okay and i don't feel prompted to do something so i just 
keep listening and and seeing what happens. So I feel more peaceful, I guess, as each day goes on. And that's how I'm starting to live my life. I definitely lived or had been living so attached to time. You know, I must do this by the time I'm this or not even consciously just or thinking that I'm missing out on something and I have to get all this. It's an anxiety related thing as well. I have to, um, you know, if when I do this, once I get this done, I'll be happy or I'll be, you know, successful or satisfied or all of these things. And yeah, I see what Jennifer means doing the deep desire of my heart every day. I guess I just show up to that and write about how I'd like to feel. And then I just see what I see what's going to come. But, um, I see that every day is a moving towards peace or moving towards harmony, moving towards, and that's as, as much as I really wish to ask of myself. I'm just really done with striving and trying. And yeah, you know, even with my studies, I was just kind of thinking, is that just another thing of getting external validation that, that I have to, I keep thinking like I have to go down this route to, I don't know, be quite like a like an overachieving thing, as a symptom of lack or not being good enough. Um, yeah, just letting that go too. I really, I don't have to pursue a career through academics or through qualifications in that regard, unless I'm guided that way, but. Yeah. And, you know, and other times I just have so much pain. It's just, I never know when it's going to come up. So I feel really grateful for this time because I, I have all the space that I need to just let whatever suppressed stuff needs to come out, just come out. And there's a piece that follows that, you know, when I'm fighting it, I was really fighting it this morning. I was like, no, no, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be like where I'm at, basically. And then once I stop fighting, it just, so much healing comes from that. And then I feel peaceful again. So I guess it's maybe a bit of a up and down it's learning maybe from contrast as I describe it to you I'm just thinking it sounds like contrast isn't it <laughs> when I hold on it hurts and when I let go it's peaceful so definitely a time of, of great practice So it sounds like you're right in the now. You're staying, you're not thinking about the future or the past. You're just being now, whatever you feel, whatever is coming up, you're just with it. Is that what, how you? Yeah, I guess so, as best as I can. As best as I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of liberating to be in the name. 
Did I understand correctly that your your husband is going and he's coming to America? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, he's been kind of in this process since maybe October. Um, so he's in the process of applying for a visa, but that hasn't even kind of happened yet. So I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even buying in. I'm not even you know going with that. In this, I've, what we've decided is that he will go and I'll stay here. And I don't even know why that is. I just, like, that doesn't mean anything other than I'm following my heart and he's following his. Um, so he's, yeah, the, he has, they haven't submitted it yet, but once it's submitted, it'll probably be about 30 days. So there's still a bit to go. It's not certain, I guess, um, until it's, when it's submitted, it's 99% certain and then it won't be until he gets the visa, is it actually certain? So there's still a lot of uncertainty in February and March, I guess, until that unfolds, whatever way it's going to unfold. Does he have a job in America? Yeah, in Washington State. Okay. So that, yeah, he's accepted the job. It's just waiting on the, we're going through the process of the visa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does that mean for you? Um, well, the visa is three years for him. And really, I guess it was, you know, when he were making that decision, I was really, because I was internally upside down, I couldn't really, uh, it was difficult enough to kind of function or think straight. So, um, you know, and my, oh, I did. I thought about it, and I looked at a few do- different options, and just saw what they felt like. And my guidance was definitely just to say to stay. So I, I like all it really means is I'm just going to stay here until May and finish my course, and um, then I don't know is what it means. Really, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It might mean that I stay here. Might mean that I move to America, but I don't have a visa. I won't. I can go as a dependent on his visa, but I I wouldn't be able to work. Um, without, you know, getting a visa of my own. Mhm. Yeah. So it's kind of day by day, and I feel like I'll. I'll just know when I know, and that's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of the Masterful Living community is it goes goes with you wherever you go. (laughs) It's like God, God, God goes with you wherever you go. (laughs) So if I move to America, I've got a lot of friends. He'll be a lot closer than you are right now, and that yeah, that's a huge thing, you know. Yes. 
Is there anything else you want to say about that? Um, you know, I guess one of the things I'm curious about is healing with relationships, like in, you know, um, I don't, like it feels like, you know, possibly him being in America and me being here would be very healing in terms of attachments, you know, that like, I know I can cling to that relationship as a way of in a dysfunctional way I guess um, but sometimes I get scared as well that it will it will pull us apart I don't really know what else to say about that other than I guess it's just a fear that's on my mind and my brother he's been kind of on his healing journey for quite a long like a long time but he's gone through the psychotherapy route a bit more and like his relationships have kind of broken down as he's grown um, sometimes that kind of scares me that that'll happen yeah in my own relationship but I know that that's not necessarily just because it happens with one person doesn't mean it happens for another mm-hmm I'm just curious, I guess, about how healing takes place in marriages or or partnerships or close relationships and when one moves out of the kind of codependency and yeah, I can see that you know that I'm not trying to control my husband, so there's a lot more freedom in the relationship for him too, mhm. Um, so maybe it just keeps growing in that way yeah there's so many unknowns too it's just <laughs> like, I guess that's where trust just keeps coming in over and over again I think as we heal our relationship with ourself Our relationships healed too. Mm. It sounds like that's what you're about. That's that's your purpose. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, healing. I guess doesn't always mean that people stay together. It doesn't always mean that they they separate either. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just trusting and healing in whatever way it looks is yeah the best option most loving option The way I look at healing in my relationships is whenever I heal myself, Mm. I'm healing that relationship as well because we're all one. And so what I do in my relationships is I take my responsibility, I take their responsibility, and I put it on the altar for healing. And 
I don't look back and I allow the healing to take place. Whatever that healing is, I don't know what it will turn out to be, but I let it be. And if I can do that without judgment and opinion, then everything always happens with divine perfection. But if I decide to put some sort of outcome on that healing, then I find that there's more resistance and suffering on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Surrender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very helpful. Have you guys experienced that in healing and close relationships? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, you know, like an example for, for me is, um, you know, my mother is, uh, you know, is a, a Pentecostal um, Christian who puts a lot of judgment to everything because it's basically what the Pentecostals do. And has for years, you know, always said, you know, I'm praying for you, praying for your sins, your salvation, you know, and all these sorts of things that are, you know, they can be upsetting because I feel like I'm doing what I need to do spiritually mm -hmm. to advance. But what she saw it to be was different. But I prayed for that, and I prayed for a change in my family, a change in how they see things, the way they respond to things. And in the last couple years, the relationship's completely changed. She says to me that I'm, she's proud of me in the spiritual path that I've taken. She's proud of me where I've come. She's proud of me with the relationships that I have. Um, my family during the holidays, they don't fight. Everything is just peaceful. I mean, that's an example to me in how things can change when you, when I change the way I viewed things. I didn't judge her for the way that she judged me. I let it be. I prayed that everything could change in a more divine way, and it did. And I have reaped the, the benefits of that prayer. And my whole family is, it's to me, it's just, it's whole perfect and complete now. They're all doing what they need to do, but there's no, I'm not seeing the judgment in what, in the situation any longer. And so therefore, if I don't see the judgment, the judgment, I'm not taking on that judgment. Because, you know, the judger always feels judged. The attacker always feels attacked. And so if I looked at my family with judgment, I'm going to see judgment. But if I release that judgment, the judgment's not there any longer to be seen. Mm -hmm. So it created healing for me. I see that in my, in my workplace and with my patients. If I have 
a, um, a difficult patient, I just pray. And 100% of the time it changes, 100% of the time, 100%. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. If you have a wholehearted prayer for forgiveness and transmutation, it occurs. Being mind, heart congruent with whatever the thinking process is. And that's the big mm -hmm. lesson I learned in the last year was being mind, heart congruent. I really didn't understand that really well until this last year. And it's so interesting because we can manifest anything in our life with being mind, heart congruent. Now, that doesn't mean it's something for our greater good. We could be mind, heart congruent for something that is outside of that of what God would see as perfection, but we can manifest it as a lesson. So for heart-mind congruent with the truth of God, we get exactly what that situation will bring to us in the eyes of God. And so I've learned to be very careful with where my heart and mind is, and I'm certain to make sure that my heart and mind is in alignment with that of God's truth and vision. Mm -hmm. mm. So how, what, how, what was the clarity that you had about what heart mind congruence is? It came when I did the um, spiritual counseling intensive with Jennifer. Mm. And she had a lecture on it uh, one particular day where I, you know, I've, I've read about it and I, I thought I understood it. But when she made it 100% clear that, and I think she used actually um, a reference to like um, Donald Trump. And that's kind of when it really kind of made sense to me is, you know, you look at someone like that who became president. I mean, he became president. He also is wealthy and he also has all these things that you could see in the worldly view of things that are, that are considered great. Mm. But how did that happen? Well, because his heart and mind is congruent for his belief system. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's in the beliefs. It is not necessarily in the vision of God, but it's in his belief system. So therefore he manifested it. And it shows you the strength of manifestation. And so when I, that example, like, whoa, wait, ho, oh, okay, I get it now. It's like what we put our heart and mind to is really what we're going to get. So if we have self-hatred and our heart and mind believes that we hate ourselves or we don't love ourselves, the only thing that we're going to get is more hate and dislike towards ourselves. And we're going to manifest that with all the relationships that are around us. But if I could be heart mind congruent with the self love and self truth and love and generosity and peace and beauty to everyone around me, then that's the only thing that I'll get back. I'll read back. It's impossible to get otherwise. So being so careful with the thought, just like um, the course says, there is no idle thought. Every single thought creates form. And that took me a while to understand, too, because form, I always think of 3D. 
but it's not. Form are yeah. emotions, other thoughts, other actions. It could be form as we see it. It could be pain. It could be suffering. It's going to create something. And so being so careful with our thoughts, and that's a hard one because I play in the, I played in the invisible my whole life in fantasy. Just thoughts, thoughts. Nobody else knows what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about anything, whatever. And a lot of it was self-attack thoughts. Like, oh, I'm just not good enough. Oh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, my God, I'll never make it through school. And, oh, my God, I'll never be a great doctor. Oh, my God, I'm going to have so much debt. That's all I thought, thought, thought. And all I did is create that around me. That's all I saw around me was poverty consciousness and pain and suffering and attack. And when I decided to change that thinking, that stinking thinking, um, and not being pushed by pain, then the vision starts to pull you and you start to see the truth and everything. And everything follows suit. You become in the flow and the power of love and everything just kind of goes in that beautiful sigmoidal flow of just everything and you're not butting against the flow any longer. You're starting to see everything being so guided and so inspired and so making so much more sense, really. Mm, look forward to that. Mm. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's just, and it's mm. just, it's a change. And so that's what um, the holy instant is all about. It's just the change in thought. That's the miracle. The miracle is when you have that instant, when you realize that it's just a change from fear to love. And it's just a second that it takes to understand that. That's amazing. Sorry, I have to move my charger. My phone's battery is very low. Sue, how are things going for you and your family? Well, it's been quiet. Um, I got a text from Dawn saying that um, the the doctors, you know, Jerry has four doctors, and they all agreed that um, that the cancer did not originate in the brain; that it was from the tumor on his arm and um, that it was misdiagnosed and that's confirmed now. And um, and she texted me that Jerry was very angry. Um, if they had if they hadn't misdiagnosed it, they would have um, removed the lymph nodes and that would have prevented the Metastasis. So um, the lawyer just got all that confirmed. They had some investigative, somebody investigated it and found that's what that happened. And I texted her back and I said, um, 
it's possible to forgive the human error, but to hold them accountable through legal action. You know, just have no ill will in your heart. And um, she texted me back and she said, I get that. Agree. So, um, I'm hoping that that would be helpful to them. So, how do you feel about it, Sue? Um, well, that's not really important (laughs) (laughs) because it's not my problem. (laughs) Um, and I can, I can let it go, I can just. You know, I offered what, and I and I really struggled. Should I do that? Should I? Should I do that? Will it be helpful? And it was helpful. So I can just let it go now. And feel your um it just reminds me of the I'm here only to be truly helpful. Pardon? I'm here only to be truly helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you kind of sat with that and then I did your, yeah, I did sit with it for a while. Because I I didn't wanna be giving her advice. Um But I also sensed that it was a it was a struggle for her that she hadn't made up her mind about it. So I just shared what's true for me mm. and let it go. Yeah, it's really powerful. And and in a way, you know, it's a, it's a principle, so it can be applied in many ways. Not just to that situation, but to the whole situation. So, yeah, yeah. So, Sue, in regards to this situation, how would you like to form that into prayer? 
just for peace and harmony, alignment, like you said, um, and healing, peace, harmony, and healing mm -hmm. for the whole family. An alignment, alignment mm -hmm. of heart and, and mind. What about you, Jenny? How would you like to pray about your situation? Um, just trust and willingness to follow, willingness to listen to my guidance. What about you, Kevin? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I want um, prayers in the support of coming back to that childlike nature of wonderment, excitement, and curiosity. That's where I feel that I'm... I feel there's a little area in my life that just, it needs that right now. I need, or I desire to have just more passion and excitement. So if, something about, I think the winter too, just kind of brings you down to that where you just, everything's just kind of another day type thing. And I don't like getting into that mood. I like to, I like just be on top of things, be excited, have things to look forward to. So, and just need a little fire lit under my rear. <laughs> would you like to lead us in that prayer? Yeah, I would love to. Well, I love your prayers. Oh, thank you, Sue. Me too. All right. <clears throat> let's just place our hand on our heart. And let's take a deep breath of inspiration and guidance. And exhale anything that no longer serves us. Inspiration and breath are the things that awaken us to God's truth. 
And we are so grateful and so thankful to have the awareness and the understanding that we are beings that have been placed on this earth to be pulled by the truth and inspiration of God. And through our past, we've come to the understanding that being pushed by pain is a slow process of growth. And we're grateful to know that there is a quicker route by allowing and listening to the spirit, our higher Holy Spirit self. So what we do is partner up with our higher Holy Spirit self and we let the higher Holy Spirit self do the heavy lifting. We do not have to do this alone and nor do we. Our divine inheritance is having our spirit there with us 24 seven. And we're also blessed to know that we have legions of angels, ascended masters, guides, and then here on the 3D earth, we have a spiritual community here with us that connects with us and helps us see the truth. We're so grateful that we've come together as a group today to be guided in this manner. And we, were, we are here now to ask the violet flame fire to come into our lives, to restore everything around us to the original blueprint of what was originally inherited to us. And we're so grateful and thankful that we can transmute any of the miscreations in our lives into the divine love of God. And we are so grateful and thankful that we have this truth to give us the peace, the love and joy and harmony that we ask for in our lives. We place on the holy altar fire of divine love, all of the miscreations, the false beliefs, the aversions, the wantings, the needings, the cravings, the needs for outcomes, the worries, the blames and the shames. And we place them on the altar to be healed and transformed and transmuted into divine love as we never look back at these things ever again because we will be healed of these things here and now. And I declare it as so. We are so grateful and thankful to have Sue here with us today. And what I know about Sue is that she is perfect, whole and complete. She's beautiful, she's a loving presence, and she's awakened. She is there as a beautiful matriarch to her family to give guidance, spiritual guidance, without advice, to her family, to guide them and give them truth, give them love, and give them direction. And we ask that peace, healing, harmony, and alignment be brought to her family, and you awaken them to this truth, and you give them the peace and the healing and the joy and the beauty that comes along with this. What I know about Jenny is she is a beautiful presence, awakened, full of truth, 
full of love, full of per perfection, full of understanding, and full of the Holy Spirit. And we ask that she be full of trust and willingness. And she follows this, and she is guided by it, and she listens to it. And she is directed by it, and she is pulled by the vision, and no longer pushed by the pain. Allow her to see the truth and all that surrounds her and all the changes that are occurring in her life. Let her just listen and allow and just follow. In doing so, perfection follows. We ask that all the angels and beings of the heavenly kingdom be with us each and every day of our lives and we invite them to be with us and to help us along the way whisper in our ear give us advice and give us direction we are so grateful to have the power of love in our lives and we allow the unprecedented uh, flow of love to permeate each and every cell, every atom, and every electron of our body. And you awaken us each and every day to the truth as we are reminded that we know nothing. We know what nothing is for. The only thing that we know is that we are beings of love. We declare this to be so. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. And with love and gratitude, we pray and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. That was a really beautiful call. Thank you. Okay. Grateful for your child, too, Kevin. Oh. Thank you. And for the awe and the wonder and the curiosity and the beauty of seeing the world from childlike eyes. Amen. Mm.
Well, I'm sorry that I don't get to see you all on class day. I miss being able to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll see you all in replays. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you today. Yeah, same here. Thank you. You guys have a good week. Thank you. You too. Thank nice you. seeing you. Nice seeing you, Jenny. Yeah, you too. Bye. 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 Bye.